Hello everybody, welcome along again to the Precision Unloaded podcast. This is episode 30. Uh, tonight, um, uh, it's Graham here, obviously. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Mark, and we have special guest, Anthony Colley, um, New Zealand's number one ranked precision shooter. Not that we have a ranking, but I just sort of, um, I pick people willy-nilly to be number one. Uh, welcome along, Anthony. It's good to have you back. Do you want some projectiles, Hello, yep. Graham? Is that, what you, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm being nice to him because I want stuff. You already sent me some stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, nice to have you, Anthony. <laughs> Welcome back. Yep, cheers. Mark, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Recovered from the weekend. Well, that's good. That's good. So oh, it's, <clears throat> when, it's Wednesday, though. I should it's have Wednesday. Yeah, you should have. You should have been at work for a couple of days. Three days. Never escape it. No. Well, it's, 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 never, it's never work when you enjoy what you do, is it, Mark? Yeah, dagging sheep's awesome. <laughs> so this episode is going to be about 22s. Now we've done a couple about 22s in the past, and not so much the rifles themselves or the ammo, or blah blah blah. But um, it's going to sort of centre around the recent GPRE Speed versus Precision 22 event, uh, which was held a couple of weeks back, and then we're also going to touch briefly on the Section 22 finale which was in the south island now uh, all three of us shot the gpre match but only anthony shot the um, finale down in the south island but again we'll, we'll touch on that at the end um, and i mean see how that went for him so again as i mentioned this event was a um uh, slightly different from how gpre does these standard 22 matches first off it was a field match um uh, due to various reasons, Tokoroa wasn't an option, which is a square range where the, the um, practical 22 matches are normally held. Um, so we went uh, back to Tarada, where a bunch of other events are held, and um, it was, again, in a field environment, which was pretty cool. Um, it's To be fair, I actually I, I rather prefer the field style over the square range. But um, this event, instead of being just... Um, like the you know the, the bolt action um, tickers and voodoo's and stuff the stages were written in, a, in, in such a way and the targets were a certain size that semi-automatics um could be a big advantage if you could you know use it properly i guess so the targets were a little bit bigger and from talking to simon and then obviously shooting the match the idea was to sort of force competitors to if they wanted to make the points they had to um not build the perfect position and uh, not take a heap of time setting your natural point aim you know the, the targets were a little bit bigger and so make sacrifices in certain areas to get these hits and um, there were significantly more closer range targets which sounds a lot of people think sounds easy but it's actually quite hard especially how this was set up uh, and so something um our friend Scotty, he, he's got a Chris um, DMK, and then Mark's got one too, and I recently got one. So it was recommended by Scotty that we all run the Chris's um, with, you know, dialing scopes on them. So um, so that's what we did. And so with all of uh, 50 rounds through the gun, just to check sort of, um, well, find an ammo I liked, check a zero, dial out to maybe 200 metres or something, and, and sort of check my intermediate distances. Um, we were sort of off and so what it is is it's a Chris DMK as I mentioned and it's got the element helix um, 4 to 16 
uh, first focal plane on it. Again, first time using that little scope. Um, and I then I just had an NTZ Skypod. Uh, Mark also had a Chris DMK. What did you have? What was what was the piece of glass sitting on top of your DMK, Mark? Uh, <clears throat> it was a Carlos 525i DLR. You didn't want to put something on nicer? You just thought you'd run that? <laughs> <laughs> something a bit... Yeah, I thought I'd go um, mid-range price. <laughs> but um, it was it's for another project. In fact, it's so good I'll put it on. I'll just keep shifting around, I think, now. Because, <clears throat> um, as I said, that's the first time I probably thought a scope made quite a difference. I mean, they're all pretty good, you know. As long as it's a good enough scope. But I felt the features on that one and its glass did make a difference, so... There was some discussion that you have a habit of not wanting to break a combo that works well, and that you might you might actually just leave the Carlos living on the uh, twenty two, but <laughs> and then just buy another one or something. Yeah, that's um, why not buy two of them? <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, again, and then Anthony, you ran your Voodoo, which we talked about previously. Yep, yep, so, so Voodoo, and. Uh... Definitely not an advantage again, but it's alright. No, so that's got the Night Force, is it ATAC tower on it? Yeah, I've run a 525 ATAC on it. Yep. Um, yeah, once again, we're all we're trying to trying to run a nice lightweight setup, so that's our strategy there. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it a lighter stock now than you had originally when I first saw it? Um, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. when you first, I think when you first saw it in a whiskey three, um, yeah, and yeah, basically we just run it in that configuration now, just as the sort of trainer for the centerfire stuff. But um, uh, we tried it in a carbon stock for one shoot, which didn't work too well because it was all rubbing on everything. It shouldn't have, and pointed in the uh, zero sort of shift, shifted through the day. So yeah. now we've just gone back to the um, KRG Bravo, which works quite well it's not much heavier than the carbon and um, no yeah it's good, it's good enough you run the bravo at uh the, the our practical 22 as well didn't you yes yeah it's yep. quite a cool yeah that's i think that's quite a good pairing with it actually not that there's anything wrong with the whiskey but yeah i mean the extra weight's extra weight and um yeah so again this event <clears throat> as as um anthony said like uh there was uh, or maybe half the stages, quite a big advantage to run a semi-automatic. Now, obviously, um, the Chris is not going to shoot as accurately as the Voodoo or a Tika or, or anything like that, right? It's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, and I mean, the triggers, they're not even comparable. So, yeah, again, it was... Some stages had sort of a, a slightly bigger targets um, and, and had tighter time limits. So if you weren't quick running your bolt on your your bolt action you could fall behind pretty quick um and whereas with the semi even if you you, you missed you could quickly just re-engage it if you could see the splash so um i think was it three out of the top five were um semi-automatics um by the end of the day um i, I to be fair i don't know if i would have done as well running my ticker i'm not sure if i would have been able to get the points i did in the end just having those quick um, yeah, those quick shots. So anyway, how did you find it, um, Anthony? The obviously you, you've normally got a, 
I'm not going to say huge advantage, but you've got a very precise 22. But in this event, it was... Um... In the interest of disclosure, I guess we... <coughs> Graham won. I did. Anthony was second. Yeah. Yep. We were, and you and were I four. was somewhere, somewhere down there. Yep. So, <coughs> so we're basing all this talk on... Basically, so, yeah. As you're saying... You were by ooh, where was the next bolt action? West. Fifth? West coming fifth. Yeah. Fifth, yeah. Okay. Righto. Sorry. Back to Anthony. Um Yeah, like it's it was a different event, obviously, to what we used to. We really I, I really enjoyed it. It was um I liked the format, liked everything. The the longer like the ones with the slightly more lenient time and the <laughs> like the know your limits rack and the other targets like that like yeah well risk of um sounding like a twat that was quite easy you know because mm -hmm. the voodoo just shoots and and, the, and that's not too bad and the time wasn't too bad but the tighter times well, and the unsupported stuff obviously that's being a bolt you know you can only cycle a bolt so fast um those things that can be a little bit finicky because they've got such a tight chamber if a round goes in at slightly the wrong angle and you're trying to jam it it'll just cause all sorts of grief um so yeah half of it really good um I've, yeah i think cleaned most of those sort of more basic stages and the ones that required a bit more speed um yeah we just sort of timed out before before I got through it, and then some of the unsupported unsupported stages, as as tradition would have it, I just sort of flopped uh, <laughs> quite badly there. So, um, yeah, something to always something to work on, and that's the one thing I refuse to work on. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I can ever see myself getting past you. To be fair, um, so you mentioned there's a couple stages, um, stage one and stage, um, I guess stage eight and stage were more yeah more traditional practical 22 style stuff that we'd normally do um stage eight went pretty well for me but like yeah stage seven was a know your limits rack sorry a learn your limits rack at like just under 50 meters or just over 50 meters or something and you'd you'd hit one you know the, the largest target and then you'd have to shoot another target like 70 meters and then up the hill further and then another target on, on a bit of an angle um, to, your, to your right, further up the hill at, I'm gesturing my hands everywhere, but no one can see me, further up the hill, uh, maybe another 120 metres or something, um, and then you'd come back down and engage the next smaller target on the Learn Your Limits rack. And if you missed, you could repeat shot. So this is where, with the Chris, I had to fire... Especially once I got down to the smaller targets on the rack, I had to fire quite a few rounds just because I, I can't hold that tight of a group at 50 metres. Um, it was a 40 round count though. 40, was, and I used um, all of them. <laughs> so and I, I didn't actually manage to hit the last small target. So I didn't clear the stage in the end. And I, I shot all 40 rounds. Um, albeit the last so like, were a bag dump. But, um, by uh, comparison, we needed 22 shots to clear the stage, and I used 22 shots. Yeah, see, that's pretty good, isn't it? And um, your, yeah, your, that's, your rifle on that rack is just going to be That's pretty good. That's pretty wicked. <laughs> <laughs> I used 40, and I didn't clear it. 
At the risk of sounding like a twat, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, but that's what I mean. That, that's what the voodoo's built for. I mean, yeah, you know, you got to rack at fifty meters. It doesn't matter if the yeah. smallest target's only five mil or whatever, because you, you're probably going to no. hit it if you do your part. The gun's going to do its yeah. part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that what, what I'm saying is that that's where those um, those bolt guns have the advantage. That's so the only difficulty there was was shifting up the hill because it was very steep relative to the rack. So you had to have a pretty long bipod. Yes, I had quite a compromised position for the um, yeah. rack, so I could twist and um, and engage. So you, that's that thing. It's finding that that happy medium that you don't have to rebuild your position every time um, to re-engage the rack after engaging the, the, the hill target. So. And then stage one was a, um, uh, I think you had a close target that you shot offhand, unsupported. And then another one kneeling at like, I don't know, 60 metres. And then there was a, a couple of spinners, wasn't that one? And you had to, the spinner wasn't actually your intended target, the spinner was hiding your target. And the idea was that you'd spin the, <laughs> the spinner out of the way, and then you'd, once it was moving, you'd be able to get an opportunity to engage the um, the small steel target behind it. I think there's one at like a 100 and something and one at 150 or something. That was actually a bit of a hash for me. I ended up um, only getting just over half points in that stage. Um, I managed to just keep stalling the spinner and um, not really getting anywhere with it. To the, to the point I think my hit on the back target I actually managed to... I could just see a corner of the target peeking out from behind the spinner and I managed to... Sort of launch a bullet and um, hit it by chance more than anything, um, but that's where those real precise um, the guns were certainly worth their weight in gold. You would have cleared that stage, wouldn't you, Anthony? Anthony, you there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Sorry, sorry, I had it on mute. Um, yeah, just, just looking at the scores, there's three of us who cleared that stage only, but um, I did the same thing once we got to the... I took one shot to move the first spinner out of the way and then put one on it, and then the back target I could see a little corner and that was that was all I needed with you know, yeah. to, to hit that. So we're, we went up and down it twice, well, up it twice and then back to the start, up it twice again. Both times at the back it was only one shot needed for that long one, both times. Um, and only one shot to get the spinner out of the way on the middle one. Um, so no, I found I found that stage pretty good. But yeah, you know, I said those those more normal sort of precision type stages where time's not really an issue and it was and you can just yeah go about your work. They they were I found them quite good. Um, and we made a lot of points there. It was the other stuff that we that we lacked. But. So stage. Probably my two favourite stages were stages three and four. So stage three, which I know was a bit of an issue for you, so it was, uh, I think there was five targets. Um, the first four were between 10 and 15 metres, and they were in a bunch of um, scrub and ferns and shit in, in a sort of a dark shadowed part of a track, so out of the sun, which was nice. And then there was a one target of 25 sort of, up through the trees in a clearing um, and this was shot a bit different so you started standard starting position for us which is all, all gear you need off the ground mag and bolt open and you had one minute to hit each target 
which is easy enough. And then you did that and then you start again and you then have 20 seconds to repeat that same course of fire, um, which is not a lot of time for five targets. And a target at 10 meters is more difficult than it sounds a lot of the time, especially if it's quite small. And, and due to the, 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 the nature of where they were, they were, um, you sort of had to make a plan and familiarize yourself where they were because you could lose them in the in the ferns quite easily even though they were so close um uh so I, the first time I, I shot it through the, the, the first one minute stage in about 22 seconds with a couple misses or something and then i managed to do it in under 20 the second time um how was that for the bolt gun anthony um well awful <laughs> awful what would have been fine for probably everyone else with the bolt gun. I was just look at, looking at the scores now. There was out of everyone, there was two people only who scored less points than I did on that stage. Um, and basically, in the one minute section, I don't actually think I hit a single target in the one minute. Um, and fired, I think, nine of my ten shots that I got away all at the same target. Um, numerous things i thought oh you know being 10 meters and the fact well problem with a 5 to 25 atac r on your 22 is they don't exactly parallax down that close so at 10 meters the target was a fuzzy blur and i didn't have any crosshair visible at all so i figured right well i need the target basically in the center of the scope to have any chance so i'm going to dial for the 10 meter target which is all good and well if you dial the right way so <laughs> in, instead of dialing up two mils or 1.8 or whatever it was supposed to be i dialed down so i'm shooting away at this fuzzy target and of course because it's so the pitch is so crap couldn't see anything i didn't actually know i couldn't see where the misses were going i just knew i was missing and i was just starting to panic and instead of moving on and just sort of resetting to a further target i just kept plugging away yeah um and then once <laughs> once we sort of once we stopped uh, at the end and i sort of regathered my thoughts i thought Shit, what's going on and i looked at my dial and i was like oh damn and sort of quietly <laughs> quietly just sort of clicked it back to zero without anyone seeing what was happening <laughs> and um for the 20 second one that's actually where i got my points i think i got four out of the five on the um in the 20 second stage and yeah and so I do got you, to the pretty sh do you have a have you got your zero so you can change it if, when you put the atac r back on your six mil or something so no zero stop on the 22 yeah, it runs a zero stop, but it's like um, three and a half mil down. I think I just I just run the, I I don't run the zero stops on any of my guns right on zero, um, no, just because they I all don't. get they all get they all get shared around multiple guns, all the scopes. So it's um, as long as I can't get more than three or four mil, you know, down. Yeah. I just yeah. So then I, it's impossible to lose what revolution you're on. If you go all the way down, you know it's, you know, oh, shit, there we go, come back up to zero. It's a good way of doing it. I agree. It's a good way of doing it. Hmm. Yeah, it's just so easier. It means you got that of... short. To be... yeah. It means you got that short dialing. To be fair, with the Chris, in a, I mean, it's obviously in a cantilever mount with the element on top, 
it's quite a high offset and, and under between like 30 and 50 meters it's actually might it is you have to dial down for those targets how they, that initial arc of the trajectory of the bullet works so I couldn't dial down uh, below my 25 meter zero which was you know set at zero so I had to hold um, under for several shots which was annoying um, so maybe it's worth having a even just a mill of under travel um, on that gun. Never been an issue on my, my other stuff, but just with that super high um, AR style scope mount that they run, um, yeah, it did, it did cause a, f a few small um, potential admin errors, as I'll call it. Um, yeah. So now you, when you shot it in the 20 seconds, you got a reasonable amount of points, which is good because. Previously, you've you've done quite bad at other comps on that short, unsupported stuff. So you are getting yes. a bit better at it, you think? Um, like at the competitions is the only time I'm practicing it. Yeah. Which which sounds terrible. I know we just have to do it, but the last thing I'm motivated to do with that bloody heavy twenty two is stand at home and shoot stuff offhand. <laughs> um, and. I've just got to, you know, we seem to be getting better, and I did actually do not too bad in the only offhand stage down south, which we'll talk about later as well. I actually surprised myself. So by default, I am improving, but I don't think it is definitely not because I'm practicing it. It's just, um, which, yeah, so it's probably just luck. But, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to have to going forward because it's more and more of it. Like, everywhere you go to shoot 22 has offhand shooting. So it's, yeah. if we want to. Yeah, if I want to stay competitive, I've got to be practicing it. To be fair, you're hitting every major sort of comp, so that's more than most people practice. Is you just shooting competitions? So, um, yeah, something to be said. Eh? Plenty of lead down range. Oh, that's cool. It, yep. And then the next stage was another unsupported stage. Um, I think you could go. I think you go kneeling for most of the shots, but quite a fast time limit again. I actually had a malfunction in this stage, um, and I had to. Drop the mag, um, da da da, play with the bolt, which handicapped me a bit, which was pretty annoying. But um, that was stage four, yes, yeah, so I only got 20 out of 28. Um, Mark cleared it, I might add, and you cleared oh, the stage me, yes. previously. <coughs> Thank you for asking, I cleared three and four. Yeah, they were your best two stages. So the, the one we That's just talked right. about, the trees, um, yep. and then um, stage four. Which was, Nothing like having targets at possum head distance. They, they actually were. This was the thing around that. That was just like shooting possums on it. Um, yeah. One of them was a... Uh, it's, uh, you can't call it a mover. It's a. Uh, it's kind of like a fishing rod. It's not. It's, it's Bouncer. Carbon fiber pole with a, a long strap, and then it's got a, um, I don't know, a, a four-inch diamond or something on it. And as soon as you hit it, it starts to just flop about a lot. Um with the Chris, I managed to just really quickly put four shots at it and three of them hit. So, you know, um, just that, I mean, that advantage running that semi there. But um, obviously it was not too hard with your Chris, Mark? No. Rapid fire. In fact, I should have done that on the stage after that too. So, so um, on stage, yeah, stunt one, yeah. Just done it standing because at that range I was fine standing. Yep. There, like adding good. those targets. Yeah, and then Collie, um, how did Collie go on? With the spare rounds I had anyway, if you know what I mean. You've always got a couple. Yeah, you got 17, so you just missed two targets, must have been. Two or three, yeah. yeah. Three. 
still not bad because it was yeah, again all all unsupported. So your your um, scores are trending upwards with unsupported shooting, which is nice. And I imagine if if you had the dial down, you would have um, actually got enough points to beat me on the uh, on the previous stage. You're pretty close to it anyway. So. Well, if you didn't malfunction, you'd be further ahead, Graham. So there you, go. you can say it's what's or buts for everything, can't you? you know? <laughs> Um, if I didn't turn up, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I had if I if I had a uh, a voodoo, I would have shot better too. You know, like, oh, that's what you said, wasn't it, Mark? And now you got one coming. Anyway, um, maybe maybe <laughs> secret. Um, and then yeah, again, uh, we there's another sort of semi unsupported. It could be supported stage. Um, as Mark said, uh, guys were sort of. Wait, it was quite a tight time and they wasted a lot of time setting up their bipod to shoot off this big stump and then you transitioned I don't know, 15 metres to your right and um, shot sort of up through this tree at the same targets but again a lot of guys timed out uh, Anthony didn't quite clear it I cleared that one Mark Mark what happened to you on that one? ran out of time yeah uh, planning bad <laughs> planning bad I think your wife, well, out, your wife out shot you significantly on that stage. Online. I should have, um, no, I, <clears throat> I used the trigger stick and I shouldn't have used oh. it on the second, second half of the stage. It was fine at the start, but it didn't work at the the last position. So you, you, sh- you should have just shot the, the whole thing offhand or just... Uh, the second piece, yep. yeah. Yep. I, just, I just threw my bag down on that stump. But talking to Simon, he said he just shot, I think, the, old, the whole thing just unsupported. No, which is what I learned at the end because I, once I timed out, I just finished it off and I just did it standing. It was fine. So I guess that's that. Um, that I I did what time Simon talked about is, is instead of building that perfect position is, yeah, going actually these targets aren't too small, like they're not big but they're not too small. So I could probably and the hit amount these, of rounds I've got. Yeah, and I could yep. probably hit these in a compromised position, super low recoiling gun. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, which is a good skill to have when, you, when it comes to hunting or something, you know, because you're not always going to have time to, um, you know, there'll be a deer at 60 metres and someone wants to lie down prone to shoot it, you know, but what if you've only got four seconds or what if you're like me and the deer just walks away into the bushes? Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, so anyway. <laughs> um, your wife shot quite well. That was her best stage of the day. Uh, yeah, we finished there basically. So yep. I think we finished there. You did, yes. Which uh, meant so it was myself, Kelvin, and Alex. So it was their first shoot. So we basically just didn't really time her much, and and um, she was using my RPR, um, which is it's accurate, but it sucks totally so in terms of um. You don't you don't move many, you don't move many guns on, but you did tell me fuck this gun, it's going. <laughs> You, you, yes, it is. You finished yeah. with it. Yeah, so it's gone. There's a really good RPR we're coming up for sale at Hunting Fishing. Um, it's worth buying. <laughs> um, it's broken in. It's bro- <laughs> it is actually really accurate. It just seems to foul up pretty quick. It's probably the, uh, is that where you're still having issues? Well, yeah, it doesn't extract well enough when it starts to foul up. Mm. I mean, and you know, I hadn't had a lot of rounds through it again. It was, I mean, probably could be the ammo, but it was that... Um, what was she mostly CCI standard for that for her that day? So, to, to be to, uh, a point though, the, we found that the CCI standard and the Chris ran very very dirty. Yeah, and then would cause malfunctions. But then the yeah, um, so 
both funny enough both you and I you, you put me onto the Sambo we ran the RWS semi-automatic yeah it's it's well it's it's very accurate first of all for a semi like it's it's not, it's not as good as the Tika and it's going to be nowhere near as good as the um, the, the Voodoo but it was still very very good groups 25-50 metres uh, and it it's ran slightly faster just a little bit yeah and I wonder if that little bit more speed's just blowing all the sort of shit out of the action um, yeah whereas the and the CCI standard um, would, would, would actually gum the gun up and with the Chris's was what we found anyway um, so no, I never had a problem all day with the Chris so it was good yeah yeah, that's the thing so I don't know whether they're related I, I don't know but it's um, but yeah um, and where was I going with that yeah so that's Anthony you dropped a couple points on that stage um, I did actually watch you because I was at stage 4 when you were there and I did watch you you looked like you're moving pretty fast. Um, you just ran. Well, out I got time. through the. No, I got through the first half pretty well, and then had a bit of a um, feeding malfunction ah. for the uh, second bit and stopped me. Um, I got through the first four targets and asked for time, and I still had thirty-five seconds left out of the minute, so mm-hmm. I was moving moving well. Um, yeah, whether I would have got through it or not without it, I don't know. It's just once again trying to force had a bit of upwards pressure on the mag, and they're a bit, as I said, they're a bit finicky. If if they don't feed perfect, they'll just shave a bit of lead off the projectile, which will just sort of jam everything up. And um, yeah, ended up double feeding it somehow, and having to drop the mag and chuck a new mag in, and got one more shot away, and that was it. So that's a fair point. So, when when I shot it, I I engaged the first. Um, set of targets and then as I moved positions I touched the mag release and dropped my mag and I had two spare loaded um, tens in my pocket but inst- instead of just carrying on and inserting a new mag which was full and obviously being a semi I had one in the chamber and the safety on um, I stopped picked the mag up and reinserted it and I thought why did I do that why didn't I just reload on the move um, and then Towards as my sort of clock ticked down, I got a dry mag and I had to do a mag change with you know seven eight seconds to go or whatever and shoot my last target. So, um, he said afterwards, I was sort of thinking, shit, if, if I didn't hit that target, I, I would have wouldn't have um, got the max points and I could have just I, to be honest, I should have done on purpose is eject that round that mag with say four in it and as you're um moving or whatever put a fresh mag in if your round count allows for it or your um or whatever um but again i wasn't too familiar with running the semi i haven't run an ar style platform since sort of we had ar 15 so um again it nearly cost me cost me a few points so yeah that was another cool stage though that was like these stages through um sort of they were the shorter range fast ones they were all um very tight time limits and you couldn't really afford to make many mistakes if any to be fair um and then yeah and then like we said earlier there's a few sort of precision stages um so what i'm going to ask you what what was your favorite stage of the day mark me uh three three yeah that's a fair point what about you collie Mm. I reckon the one with the spinners, whatever one that was. Stage one. 
Yeah, being, being quite a precise. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Ooh, I'd, I'd say it's pretty stage three, which is when we talked about the close targets, and then maybe stage the marathon. Learn your limits was quite fun, just because of the pure volume of fire required and change. Yeah, that was close. Close second. Yeah, I like that you change from like this precise little rack to these other targets up the hill when they were a bit of an angle, ch- uh, you know, uh, an orientation change, and, and then back and then forward and back and forth and mag changes and. Um, that was pretty cool and because it was just a lot of rounds down range which is fun um, well, I did actually like the one off the fence posts as well I thought that was quite good ah uh, yes reminds me of why fence posts are never the right height for anything I thought they were perfect <laughs> that would be like perfect standing height for you wouldn't they mate no I'm too short <laughs> <laughs> So can't reach over them. Actually, funnily enough, only Anthony and I were the only two to clean that stage. How was your net stage, Graham? Not good. <laughs> okay. Can to run us through that one? We, I can, I can run you through, through the, the net rules. stage. Net stage was what you I'd consider a relatively easy stage once I learned how to shoot it properly. Um, <laughs> so there, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a cargo net and... From a previous shoot, there was little ribbons tied on it, which indicated a position to shoot from. Now, I think it said shoot, uh, there's three targets, and shoot each one three times from three different positions or something like that. You know, so you're always moving. Twelve. Twelve positions. Twelve holes. Twelve holes. <laughs> and then I said, oh, no, we've got to shoot. I told the squad, I was like, no, we've got to... <laughs> Classic Graham. Oh, I've done this before. We've got to <laughs> shoot from the ribbons. And they're like, my teammates, three of... And through my mates who, who very rarely shoot events or not shoot events, so they come along and they're going, Now there's not 12 ribbons, Graham. And I was like, No, no, what, what, what Simon will mean is that you shoot one ribbon marks two holes. And they're like, Oh, okay, that's weird. So, so there's a bunch of ribbons right down on the ground. Awkward. Like, really awkward. And I was like, Fuck, that's a kind of a place to put the markers, Simon. <coughs> I can see it, you know, that's hard. And there's a heap of long grass in front of it. And there's a short target, like, I don't know, 15 metres away. And so I'm trying to shoot through these holes right on ground level and I'm laying in like a weird, like, old, whatever you call it, what they used to shoot on the, weird layback sort of position, rifle resting on my foot, and I'm shooting this target um, through these really hard positions. And then I, I, um, I get, I sort of run out of time and I get sort of two thirds of the way through and then I, um, I time out and then, and then, and then my, my mate shoots it, and another mate shoots it, and then Simon turns up, and he's like, "Man, why you got you you guys are picking really weird holes? Why aren't you using the, the easier positions?" And, and, I was, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Wait, you got off the ribbons?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah, I am." And then my my squad, who were <clears throat> for new shooters, performing very very well, two of them in the top ten, sorry, one in the top ten and one just out. Um, <laughs> they got a little bit salty with me because I. I uh, I made it rather hard for them and also cost them points, which, to be fair, would have moved them up their rankings a little bit. Just, yeah, would have. Nothing um, like sabotaging your squad, eh? Yeah, and uh, and to be fair, that, that I mean, they were uh, probably another 10 easy points I could have got. But, um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, I made it hard on myself and my, my poor squad mates, you know, like, um, shit. Yeah, it's just he's only, you know. So you read you read that one right, Anthony? Didn't have a problem. 
Um, no, read, definitely read it right. We did look at the ribbon for about half a second and thought, nah, that's stupid. <laughs> Why? What sort of idiot would do that? <laughs> we can't, it can't be that, because we figured you can't actually see half the targets from where the no. ribbons were. So. Which is what no. I thought the challenge was. But <laughs> no. I, ta- I tell you what... Shooting fu- what you can't see. I fucking made it work. <laughs> but it was hard. Like I was like, man, I am shooting through so much grass. I could barely... <laughs> Man, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this oh, is ongoing issue for me of going, no, no, I've shot this style of stage before, and then not reading the brief properly. It would have happened at three or four events now. Um, and it, to be fair, it's like my last major admin issue I need to work on is <laughs> not clearly reading the stage brief um, and thinking I know better. Um, yeah. What do you reckon, Mark? You know, it pays to get a couple of people reading it, is my learning from this weekend even. As if you have a read of it and then someone else has a read, you'll often pick up things where you you do the old dyslexia and, and reverse one of the instructions on yourself. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> like must not rather than should. Or something. <laughs> I, uh, I find myself reading the stage briefs about four or five times each stage yeah. everywhere I yeah. go now I'll read it and I'll read it again and I'll read it again and then I'll sort of visualize look at the course and sort of try and visualize it then I'll read it again and then it's in concrete but if I, if someone reads it to me once I'm just like no nah, no nah, hang on I didn't get any of that you know I have to read it myself and multiple times and then it, and then it's good yeah um yeah if everyone's pissing around getting ready just hold on to the sheet and read it yeah yeah i, I, I think sure it's a, it is a big issue for me and like you said mark it's something we need to um work on going forward um but no if we didn't make mistakes we'd all be first so there you go yes well if collie didn't dial backwards and i read the rules and um <laughs> Although to be fair, we've got a cow nipping at our heels with a four hundred dollar ten twenty two. But anyway, um, two yeah, weeks in a row he shot well. And he did. Um, so yeah, so then that pretty much covers most of that. It was um, I, like <clears throat> Anthony mentioned earlier, it's re- quite a cool format. Um, I'm not saying we need to do it every time for all of the the twenty two events, but certainly you know one one or so this style of match a year is um it's pretty cool and it gives a chance to get these semis out like i, I wouldn't run a semi at tirada in the in the precision class or open class sorry sorry um tokoroa not tirada but um in this style of event it's quite cool to take out a different system um i do need to get more familiar with manipulating the um controls uh one one issue i had through the day was um I'm not sure what the name is. You, you cocking handle on AR, you know, it's sort of a double rabbit ear pinch, you, you pull back. Because the AR style platform is more suited to a uh, red dot or something, once you put in a magnified optic on it, it can cover up over top of the sort of T-handle you pull on to, to wreck, the, uh, wreck the bolt. Um, the, the release for this is on the left-hand side, and I'd naturally come up on the right-hand side and try and move the bolt and then have to turn the gun so you can get um, uh, replacement parts for that but again because the AR market was essentially made legal 
Um, some of those accessories can be a bit hard to get here now, so we'll have to see what we can find um, just to make that a little bit easier. Um, I wouldn't mind getting some mag pouches. I think I had some. Did I give them to you, Mark? I'm not sure what I did with them. Um, no, you never give me stuff. Well, I probably should start, shouldn't I? Um, but having having the magazines no, on a holstered on a belt would be a big advantage instead of having them in the pocket um, in a speed event. Like for the, you know, for our comp guns, our standard bolt actions, we've got sort of holsters for our mags and stuff like that. So um, going forward, if this type of match happens again, which I think it might, um, I'd like to be a little bit more set up with how I manipulate the gun and how I reload and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I've seen you with a holster. It doesn't look right. Do I look weird, do I? My bright orange holster? <laughs> well, especially where you've only got really one mag required anyway. Most of this is for Cinefire. Well, you'd be surprised when a mag goes down how handy this to have a spare one. All right. One thing I've seen a lot is guys having a spare mag in a pocket, and when you lay down or you're crouching or something, your, your, your pants tend to tighten up. And they really, they really strip. Okay, Mark, you But they really struggle to get the mag out of their pocket. But if you've got it just on your hip, um, you know, could be that extra point. Or if you know you, you get a round stand up in your mag, just take the fucking thing out, chuck another one straight in, you're good to go. Um, I see some advantage to it. And yeah, a vest's fine with large pockets. It's oh, good. yeah, true. You run the, the farmer's vest, don't you? Yes, I do. Sponsored by RD One. <laughs> No, I've actually got a shooting one now, which I might try. I've been going to use, but haven't got around to it. So. Is, is that your Hell's Canyon one? No, 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 that's another farmer's one. Just for, looks camo and for, stupid. For a while there, Mark was just decked out in Hell's Canyon camo. Um, he bought one of the, yeah, the Browning Hell's Canyons. We both did, actually. Then they withdrew my sponsorship, so... Yeah, <laughs> Browning withdrew a sponsorship, um, mainly because their magazines suck. And um, Anyway, so what's the shooting vest you got? Is it one of those padded ones? No, no, it's a 511 one. Oh, cool. Tactical so it's, No, it's just got um, the, you know, it's in general, their stuff has a bit of thought put into it, so. Yeah. It's got good large pockets, which would be ideal for mags, side pockets for other stuff, so you'd be able to have your rangefinder and everything in handy reach, but not in the way, per se, if you're yep. lying down, whatever, so. That's fair. That'll be good for some of the upcoming teams events where we've got to do our ranging ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, so the, the Chris for me, yeah, I was keen to use my other semi, but I didn't end up using the Chris, but I was happy I did because things like the safety control is really easy to use, which you use a lot when you're shifting, so position. Um, mag release, good. Although one of my... Mags doesn't hold the bolt back when it's empty um, properly, but other than that, the rest do. So the fact that it had four mags was good. Um, There's a lot of ammo. Yeah, but uh, overall, I thought some of the higher round count stuff's good. They could bring that into yeah, you know, the aspects you could bring into a normal competition. You want 40 rounds to make with it your 6.5 bit... Creedmoor? <laughs> no, for 22 comps. Oh, for 22. God's oh, sake. okay, sorry. Jesus. So, so you mean like Tokoroa have a couple of stages that are more... Yeah. Well, so, it's just being that speed speed versus 
whatever. So instead of it. having it at its own standalone event, start maybe like say next time we hold a practical twenty two, try and well, I mean you need Simon's brain for it, but try get that blend of maybe not half the stages, but one or two stages where that semis. No, the, some of the stages were really good, and I felt there was really no disadvantage for bolts or semi. You know, mm. if you had the round count right. Yep. It just meant that the bolt guys use less rounds overall, can still achieve the same result. Significantly um, less rounds, yeah. Yeah. So I fired 161, you fired 149, Anthony fired 118. Yeah. So I was surprised um, that there actually wasn't more semi-autos, but there you go, because the, the bulk would bolt actually, wouldn't they? Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much. Must be a rotoro thing. Must be. So, yeah, Wes, he's only 170 rounds. Um, yeah, 1.9. Scott, Scotty fired the most. Did he? What did Scotty fire? He, didn't have, he had an average day. 170 something. 171, 10 more than me. So, Scott, <laughs> Scotty's running a second focal plane. He's like, I'll put my night force on, but it's one of the older NXSs and it's second focal plane. And due to the nature of the speed required, you really holding over was a, a huge advantage um, for different distances, and you can get away with a lot with the center fire, um, just holding top of targets and stuff if it's only like a hundred meters difference or whatever. But with twenty two, shit, it's, it's you're talking mills of difference um, at, to the next target, even if it's not that far in the real world. So he was holding over, but so he was second focal plane so he wasn't on full magnification obviously and he wasn't paying attention to what magnification he's on because obviously if he's on if it's after 24 power scope if he's on 12 that's 1 mil equals 2 mils and if he's on 6 1 mil equals 4 mils so he ended up just really um, turned to custard for him when it came to those holds because of that second focal plane scope but then again that's too much stuff to try and remember yes but then again Carl who come um, with the 1022 I gave him an old Cytron S-Tac, which is um, second focal plane. He did really well with holdovers. Um, so he just remembered, I guess, to... Um, he, he must have set it on 12 or something and left it there and just knew that, uh, that you know, the two-minute hash means four or something. Um, but which is just knowing your kit. Um, as we, um, you know, and being familiar with what you're running and, and hopefully not, um, not fucking it up. But, I mean... I had a back at the Zeiss PRS match. I had a, my last stage of the day it was like a, a 350 meter target and a 250, and I thought oh, you, you shot up a shooting tree and you shoot close far and then close far and move. Um, I was missing the close target because I was holding like a mill out or something and just not being familiar enough with my reticle when it comes to doing quick holds. Yeah. So, so I went and I, I sort of tried to practice a lot. Um, using the reticle to try and um, avoid that in the future because um, it can really hurt you. You know, you, you, you drop an easy stage over something so silly. And where that shoot was, it was um, a cutover, do we call it? We were slash from the pine. So, you know, it's not easy to see your missed shots and um, you know, it ends up costing you big time. So, certainly. Uh, something cost. I definitely have to do is, yeah. is practice on using a holdover. I used it on the Lunar Limit stage. 
Yep, same. And it was fine, but until I got under pressure at the end and then I forgot on the last target. The long target to actually use my holdover. I think it was two mils or something. Did you use holdover, Anthony? Yeah, I was holding all day apart from that one close stage. Yeah. That's the only thing I tried to dial for. Oh, apart from the very long one on the spinner stage. Yeah. um, Yeah. 150, because it was just too far down the reticle. Yeah. Yeah. If I have time, I will dial um, to avoid any potential, you know, misidentification of which um, which line to hold on. But yeah, when those tight times are there, you, it's kind of you just you just going to run out of time. There's no way around it, really. Um, yeah. Now, one question I have for you, Anthony, is due to these. I don't know what it's like down south, and we can touch on it when we when we talk about the next two two shoot, but. Certainly at TLRS and, and GPRE events, we're very keen on those close-range targets, those small close-range targets. And your scope is an excellent scope, but it lets you down inside 15 metres, which seems ridiculous, but it, it's something we have to deal with in these comps. Are you going to carry on using that scope, or will you look at getting something different for the 2-2? No, we'll be, um, yeah, we'll be using something else for, for the 22 going forward, probably yep. just a... First focal NX8. Yep. Um, I've tried one on it, and we can yeah, you can focus down, see the reticle pretty easily down to sort of five ten meters. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So it will make life a lot easier um, going forward. But and it's your yeah, same magnification, well, bigger magnification range. You've got four to thirty two on the NX8, so it's um, yeah, still way more. Like, of... I don't. Th- I, I don't think all day I got above seven or nine power anyway for that shoot. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's not really the yeah, not really the magnification that's an issue. I just like I've just got the five yeah the five twenty five works well. It's on a um, it's it's on a Voodoo's got thirty minutes of, in the in the base of Kent and the scope rail. Ah, sorry, the the scope um. Uh, Mount has another 20 in it as well because some of the, like, as we'll talk about, the South Island stuff, we have to get out quite a long way and you're dialing a hell of a lot. Um, so, yeah, something in a base that's... So we'll probably still run that setup for shoots down there, but the North Island ones where everything seems to be 150 or 200 metres, we'll probably just go with the NX-8. Yeah. And it'll do two jobs. One, I'll be able to see the close stuff and it'll lighten it up a touch as well, which won't definitely won't be in a disadvantage. So I um, they, I I figured you'd be doing something along those lines. So I actually got a a call from Anthony the next day. <laughs> I was driving up to uh, TD to start setting up for a, another event, and he goes, "Oh, um, can't we can't find one of our mags for the the voodoo?" So that night, um, obviously I spent the day up at TD with Mark, but that night I I went out for a drive to the obviously got in contact with the landowner. Went out for a drive, and uh, here's the magazine sitting in the long grass um, underneath the trees. I had several offers, cash offers, to buy the magazine. Um, but we got that back in the post, Anthony, because so, they were going down to these um, Section 22 events, so they really needed their mag. Um, but, yeah, it was... Uh, we, lucky we found it. it was, we are lucky to get run over or something stupid. So They are hot property, those voodoo mags. We... we our, the spare ones have been we've had them ordered for six months and still waiting and eta on delivery they reckon another two to three months so so probably another six um, months 
Probably, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Mark, when, if you're getting yours, I hope you've ordered it with six spare mags, because you might get one if you're lucky. Didn't order any. No, no mags Bugger. at all? I'll just be squatted with you. <laughs> yeah. We'll just have a whole squad of us, and we'll just be mag sharing. It'll be quite good to have three or four mags, though. So. As long as I can have your ammo, too. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> no, no. No, no. No, no. <clears throat> Is it, no. Anyway, so that sort of segues us um, onto the Section 22 finale. So you may be able to elaborate on a bit more, Anthony, but they had three matches previously through the year in the lead-up to this one. Is that correct? Two. Two. And then they have a bit of a... Um, can you, can you can you Sorry, can you explain how their sort of finale works with the other matches and so on and so forth? Right, so the the two previous matches earlier on in the year, you've basically they take your points and they give you an aggregate score for the two of them, and then they rank you um, from you know top to bottom based on your aggregate. And so the top ten shooters from the previous two shoots combined go into A squad, next ten go into B squad, next ten go into C squad, so on. And then there's a hunter class as well. And so on the day, you're only competing against that you're at the finale you're only competing against the people in your squad so it's the top 10 guys that's it you know you didn't have to worry about who's scoring what in b squad um and they just had first second and third for for each squad so for us yeah it's quite good because you know you know you can keep track of what's going on and during the day so it gets quite competitive so, um, just can I ask a question there? So, do you like that more? Having to, you know, knowing you can basically track and know where you're at all day, or would you rather have the surprise at the end? Um, I don't think it made me. Sh- it definitely made me shoot. I was feeling the pressure by the last few stages because yeah. you know we we knew and um yeah you get up there and you know that you're a few shots ahead and you think jeez the, the pressure that you don't normally depends no, how competitive you are but yeah because yeah. um, you just don't know what everyone else is doing but on that day you know exactly what everyone else is doing and it's um if you're a competitive person um yeah it gets you gets you wound up yeah that's um, another another level so yeah interesting carry on so yeah so we um my aggregate score for the last two matches put me in a squad um and yeah so i can what do you what do you want me to run through i can give a quick rundown of each of each stage pretty much um quickly if you like it's uh, so you sort of get a feel for what they do down there yep that'd be great okay so the times have tightened up significantly from the previous two events the first event and the second event the times were i'm not going to say relaxed but they were very very achievable and um, second one that tightened them up blair had tightened them up quite a bit and for the finale a and b squad um had really tight times and c and d and hunter had um had different times suited to the ability of the shooters in those squads i suppose and so he basically made it so that you just got your rounds away 
in time and there's no extra rounds um like a lot of well yeah like your so matches graham ten, ten shots, ten hits. Yeah. yeah yeah look you don't you don't have extra rounds so that's if you miss it's all basically hit or miss you're moving on yeah um not a hell of a lot of movement in the stages um slightly more prone than we do up here but a real mix of um of sort of stages being how far you're shooting and um what you're shooting off for example um so and the angles of the shots they love high angle stuff um so the first stage was that we started on was number one and it's basically you got 16 shots, 16 targets yet. Well, four targets going up, up a hill um, from yep. about 42 metres, I think, or 34 metres out to about 80 metres. And they're just sort of little animal silhouettes, like little chicken or a little bird or something like that. Um, and double tap them all on the way out and then double tap them all on the way back in again. And every two shots you had to move positions they were all prone positions but you had to get up and move so you had five positions and Ugh. quite awkward because everything's on quite a steep angle especially for the last one so you definitely bipod all the way out bipod all the way down the arc rail so it's almost sitting at your mag and and no rear bag type angle hmm. um yeah. and they gave us 80 seconds to do it and i got my last shot away the trigger broke as or just after the buzzer went off so i sort of dropped one there Hmm. um and so yeah everyone else had sort of dropped a couple so i was feeling okay after that one um second stage was the only unsupported stage that they do and it's a kyl rack at 50 meters and you do you have six shots standing unsupported six shots kneeling or sitting uh six shots unsupported prone and the whole idea is obviously it's a rack start biggest work your way to smallest and that's the only stage that you got an extra shot um to do it you scored it it for each you scored it standing scored it yes yeah so it was was, so you have your six shots and see how far you got and i think i got yeah three three standing on the rack which is um which i was surprised about yeah um got only got two sitting um somehow and then got four out of the five prone unsupported prone um and i basically decided that that stage was going to make or break the day if i did shit in that i was going to be yeah that, that just writes you off um and sort of held my own i was definitely in the in the top half of the group um of our squad for for that so i was like right we, yeah we so got you knew you, knew you had to you had to be there or thereabouts you couldn't just flub it yeah so yeah but stage. i mean we knew we knew that that state those we've seen most of the stages before um that stage is in every event um yeah like you think that because i knew that i'd go and practice it right i've got a kyl rack at home i could just stand out on my lawn and practice it but no <laughs> Not, oh, so not they, a single actually, the sta- shot. The stage, so the stage layout is is similar each time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they just sort of change around targets a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
distances and and time so we sort of knew what we're gonna expect um third stage was tripod stage and they've taken a leaf out of north island uh north island rules so the um no we had to start fully tripod fully collapse no setting up any anything like that so everything all set up was done under time god that would have been Um, a shock to the south islanders wouldn't it they were they were mortified at briefing. <laughs> mortified. What the fuck? <laughs> good on you, Blair. I, I, it, it was good. It added another challenge. Um, it was sort of a weird, awkward hill that you're shooting off. Uh, like It was downward slope that you're shooting off, and once again, at, at really high angle, through some trees, and you had a little box that you had to be in, and if you didn't have your height right, you were shooting trees. Um, if you didn't have the tripod set up, quite right like i didn't um i had it sort of canted forward a bit unfortunately so i ran out of um backwards elevation on the on the ball head i couldn't get it back so every time i every time i went to the back target i had to pull the front leg of the tripod up to reset yeah 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 (laughs) so uh, that was probably my worst stage it wasn't great um uh, yeah so that's wrong but everyone else did quite well um, so did they have enough for, time for setup in the stage, or was it? It really was. Quite it was tight. I think I timed yeah. out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he'd really made all the times really tight, which was good. Um, it got us really moving. It just you know, every every stage is a mag change as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, pretty high round count type of type of event. Now, stage four was a. So a little barricade, um, uh, it's made out of four by two, you know, with um, with some ropes and stuff. And you had another rack of it was another KYL rack, um, and you had to pick five positions. You had five targets on the rack, and you had to hit it three times from each position, so fifteen shots. And biggest to smallest, so it was called pick your poison. So you obviously try to pick the hardest position. And it was slightly obscured by trees, right? So some positions you couldn't see that were not the best yep. positions for the biggest target, but you couldn't see it because of the trees. So um, didn't didn't do too bad. I got all I got through to the fifth one, but I only got one round away and hit it. Um, and yeah, I hadn't dropped a shot apart from the two that I timed out on. Um, Whereas last event, I did quite poorly on that one, so I was quite happy with that. Yep. Um, then the one that re- we really enjoy, and that sort of sets the set that South Island match apart from anything that we do with the 22s in the North Island was the long range one. You, you did four targets, 160 metres, two, 230, I think. Um, 260 and then about 365, which is getting out there for a 22. Shit, the 22 is good. Yeah, that's... it was. Um, I was, I had 18.6 mils of elevation dialed for the far target, <laughs> just a few mils there. So it's at 20 rounds, so two on the first target, um, then three, then five, then 10 on the back target. Yeah. And how it how it's set up, it's sort of it's uphill, it's on a bit of an angle as well, and the winds down there can be 
quite tricky and we happened to have basically a headwind that was just switching from side to side which made it even trickier um and i managed 17 out of the 20 which was and i timed out as well um and yes that sort of separated that that where everyone was quite tight up until that point and that stage sort of opened it up significantly some of the guys that were doing quite well um didn't do very well on that stage unfortunately and it sort of yeah gave a bit of breathing space you, so your voodoo is um quite excellent out past 200 meters yes like yes like people are like oh yeah how good are they like with good ammo it's like it's not it's not like shooting a six five cream but like it's good it's even in what we were doing some playing around several months back and i think we're just under 400 meters and it was what, a 10 inch target or something we're just hammering it from a positional shot yeah. too because we couldn't go prone and then you know and yeah we, and we had, we had um we had somewhere around five mils dialed on for wind that day as well yeah and, and it was uh, they come into their own at those longer shots i think um Again, good ammo too. With a um, low extreme spread, it's definitely critical when you're shooting that five twenty-two. But yeah, oh, so so the voodoo performed eh, on that longer range stuff. Not as good as last time we were there. That stage is sort of a given for all the events. Um, last time we were there, um, I got eight, uh, nineteen, I think, out of the twenty. But it was slightly different conditions. It was more of a more of a side wind and it was more constant so if you had figured out the wind by the time you got to the top it was just a matter of as soon as you hear the first thing just keep racking through them until you you know before the yep. wind changes uh, target's quite big at that distance they've got quite a big plate out there um, so how did everyone score on the last target pretty big um some a couple of um me and Ian were the same on 17. We sort of high scored yep. on that stage. He's running his voodoo. Yep. Um, we were quite a way ahead of everyone else, which was surprising because last time we were there, quite a few people got hits on it. But I think, yeah, the, the conditions were a little bit trickier and there's a bit of a, you know, sort of some some guys had more win than others and there was downdrafts. And, yeah. Um, I was spotting one guy would have been on but he just couldn't see his misses because we decided that for our squad we were not calling misses hits or misses at all through the day okay um to make it yeah to make it fair because everyone said oh should we call for just that last target because it is quite challenging and then the general consensus was nah but for in this squad we should know what we're doing we'll just you know we'll just run with it yeah um and I could see it through the spotter. I could see his, the misses. And he it was just getting incrementally half a mil further out to the right. Yeah. I was thinking, what the, what's going on? And then um, afterwards I said to him, could you see any of it? And he said, no, nah, where were they? I said, your height was perfect, but you started about one mil to the right. And then it just went further and further and further and further and further. And you ended up three and a half mils to the right. And he said, oh, yeah, damn, that's the way I was holding. And I finished exactly three and a half mils to the right. So, But, I mean, it's just like any long-range shooting with any caliber. You, you live or die by the splash. And if you can't see it, um, yeah. you, you, you're done for. 
and everyone had a different wind like i was holding left edge and i was just hammering it and then just picked the wind just sort of switched at the end and then i went off left edge and i saw it but then i ran out of time um whereas other guys were holding right edge um and and hitting it and some guys were holding like two mils right to hit it so it's just that yeah it's nature of 22 slight change in an angle when you're in your way off um which makes yep. sort of makes it quite fun um that was obviously a prone stage uh yep, next yep. next stage was similar just closer range we had four targets all on quite long dangly straps so you hit them and they flop around the place and started about 50 meters and got out to 160 ish um that was no issue for most of us um the next stage was off tops of Waratahs. We had Waratahs just with a plate on it and three Waratahs. Um, and so you start, you run to a tree, you run back, pick up your rifle, jump onto the first Waratah, and there's three shooting trees. Well, yeah, three your target trees, I suppose. You had two big, biggish yeah. plates, probably yeah, yeah. three or four inches, and two, um, two real little ones, sort of about an inch. And they're at uh, 30... 60 and 80 meters or something like that or further if i might yep. have been 70 i can't remember so the waratahs were a standing one then a kneeling one and then one on the side of a hill that was sort of a bit awkward um that had a fence in front of it as well and quite a few people hit the wire because you just couldn't pick up you know oh bang <laughs> oh shit there's a fence there <laughs> so, so that caused a few problems the beautiful thing about 20 um, is it doesn't cut fence wires though no no i get in trouble for that heaps anyway (laughs) um and then last couple of stages were sort of down in the trees just shooting off angled logs and stuff like that sort of positional stuff at um multiple targets sort of four rounds per target uh four targets for that stage and quite quick like time was um sounded very tight but most of us sort of snuck in without too much issue, although I got a bit impatient on one of the last targets and was still swinging violently and thought I was running out of time and shot and missed and dropped a shot there. Which, um, by then, we all sort of knew where we were sitting in the squad, and I was in the lead by three or four hits, and um, so I was feeling the pressure. I was like, you know, I don't want to run out of time. But, no. you know so just because you think you're running out of time so plays funny things with your mind and <laughs> then the last the last stage was um a bit of a run you leave your rifle next to a tree and you run to a point run back um pick up your rifle shoot through a v in the tree at a target at 45 meters out on a long sort of wobbly pole four rounds move to a log um shoot off that four rounds at same target move to uh, another log which is sort of a bench seat type thing um same thing four targets and then you could stay on that or drop to prone to shoot a um small disc i think it was at about 130 meters um sort of half obscured by some by some bushes um and yeah i was going good up until then and right at that point um sort of yeah i've missed a couple on the last one um 
uh, but knew I was three shots ahead, so I was like, oh god, just uh, just hit hit one and I'll be good, and then I hit second one and I was good, and so that that was alright. Pressure sort of came off, and um, yeah, but managed to drop the last two, but held um. Yeah, and then proceeded to be carried off that stage because my, uh, my health was a bit worse for wear all weekend and people had picked me up and carried me away and put me in the truck and that's where I stayed for the rest of the day. But that's another story that oh, no one needs to know about. I thought maybe they carried you away because you were the victor, like at King of Two. No, no, no. Like, you know, the... That's no, what I was imagining. Like, I was imagining a throne yeah. and a whole lot of yeah, porters. Yeah, they you and they carry you about and they... <laughs> oh, fuck, that's disappointing. Oh. Blair really no, 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 complete no, opposite no it's just me, me put a rope around your foot and dragged you along <laughs> pretty much yeah I just, I was, it was raining it was raining by then i just lay in the grass for 40 minutes listening to everyone else shoot staring at staring into space and yeah um that was about it and still well, i didn't know i didn't actually know i had a fair idea but i wasn't sure because i only looked at scores for the last two and then um yeah some of the other guys came over and they said oh well done got done i said Oh yeah, it's seen the scores and they're like, "Oh no, no, but you would have got it done." So I was sort of laying there a little bit paranoid. Yeah. Um, but no, I like over. It was death, so, and, deathbed. Am I? Am I? Yeah. Am I fine? Yeah. Am yeah. I going to make it? Well, I thought I wasn't killing, wasn't killing myself for nothing. I was either going to win or die trying. That was the um, that was the thing for the day. Victory at all costs. I didn't actually. I didn't actually. Yeah, well, pretty much. It wasn't um. I had thoughts of I didn't even think I was going to make it through the first two stages it was pretty um, yeah, a little bit average but I felt quite good for most of the day it was just that little bit of extra movement at the end that sort of just flared, flared up the issue And but but anyway, anyway no one cares mm. did, it, um, did it piss down the first day? I think it did the forecast from memory was it raining the first day of the comp or the yeah, the previous no, on the Saturday. No, it was. Oh, I did no. in the evening after they'd finished, but no, it was, it was oh, yeah. just sort of windy. But, um, but overall, so you, like, uh, I re- yeah, I I really enjoy those South Island ones just because there's some of the tar- like that. Their closest targets are thirty thirty odd meters. There's quite a few of them. Um, but long, there's a long range for us. It is, <laughs> and and they and they're quite small you know the sub sort of one inch targets at, at that distance um so you can't take them for granted like you're gonna have to be no. shooting okay to hit them and the gun needs to be going okay to hit them and then of course you have the other end of the scale um pretty much 22 elr you know out to 360 meters um quite good like you know it's, you wouldn't want to go there just having tested your ammo to 200 metres and think your dope's right, because it won't be. Um, Alright, we'll add we in a to stage out to 205 metres at the next <laughs> Maybe 210, <laughs> you know. All, sort, all sorts of stuff changes after, like, in my ballistic program for my 22, I've got five different BCs put in it yeah. to make it line up. Because um, all sorts of weird stuff happens after 200 meters with those little projectiles. Yep, it's not as. But it's dry. it's a great it's a great event, you know. Well run. Um, Blair does a real good job. It's it's you know made the times achievable, but all of us timed out on at least a couple of stages, so it really puts the pressure on to get going. 
Um, the other squads have slightly more lenient times, and they still said that, um, yeah, they were having issues there as well. So I suppose it just reflects on he did it bang on for the for each squad. You know, obviously the A squad are the, the top top shooters. They, you know, he wanted to push us pretty hard, and he, which he did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just enough of a mix. So it's probably to be a lot more prone than than most of the North Island events. And probably half the stages have some form of prone in it. What if what if we do a stage, two hundred fifty meters, three hundred meters even, but it's all offhand and sitting, no tripods. So, so, so as the plate was a meter by a meter, it won't no, be an issue. Like yeah, a, it'll be like oh. a ten inch. Plate. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, we'll go back to the drawing board on that. Uh, I'll send Simon a message and say it wasn't popular. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, no. It sounds like um, <clears throat> Blair seems to add a bit more of the um, terrain and stuff in, which is cool. Um, which is obviously... a lot of shooting through, yeah, a lot of shooting through trees, um, branches, stuff like that. Which is um, we, even we, when you, yeah, awesome. When you're down some of the stages down the bottom of the course, nine and ten, you're um, yeah, you're shooting. You have to be just in the right position, otherwise you can't see the target between two trees and stuff like that. So it's not a matter of just oh, there's the target. You lay down prone, shoot like you know. It's still a lot of movement. Um, and on half the stages, yeah, it's a good mix of tripod, good mix of prone. Even the prone stages, you you're moving. Um, and the the apart from the long range one, but that's a, a challenge in itself. And we have other stages where you're prone, and those targets will be on long, flappy straps that flap around. So you know you're just sitting there waiting for it to stop, knowing your time's ticking away. Um, so that's the challenge there. You know, are you going to take the risk to shoot it while it's still flapping around, or are you going to be patient and risk timing out? Um, yeah. So that no, was a bloody good day. I yeah, I ended up taking first place in a squad um sam dupont rifle ranch targets was uh second and ian was third um Excellent. two points two points between me and me and second and i can't remember what ian's score was nice well, um, congratulations so that was pretty, thank you um, um pretty good go so like <clears throat> next question is what sort of what was people what were people running what sort of ri- what other rifles were floating around or scopes anything of interest um three voodoos in our squad yeah um top three no no well first and third first and third were voodoo sam uh sam's one i don't actually know what it is about 20 years old and sort of a homemade stock that he's got on it um does the job very familiar with it uh, he's very yep. he's super super fast with it. I've never seen anyone shoot a bolt action that fast before. There's there's a video of him and um, Jacob Greenlord having a shootout last year for the at the final because they ended up on tied points in it, and they had to do the what was stage one for us when you got the you move prone but five times and you go up and down that hill, um, double yep. tapping everything. You swear he has a semi because he does. It, you barely see his hand move. He works the bolt so fast. Huh. Um, I don't actually know what it is, but it's um, older twenty-two. Um, yep. No, to be to be honest, I 
was pretty sort of focused on what I was doing and not really looking at anyone else's gear. You were <laughs> for shopping, the, mucking for the around. Day. Yeah. No, yeah. and by the end of the by the end of the day, I was um, definitely not worried about anyone else's gear. You're looking up into the sky. So, yeah, like um, there's a there's a Norenko JW twenty uh, JW fifteen, which normally does really well, um, and yeah, shoots really well for for what it is um, in our squad, and. Yeah, a couple others, just the usual sort of usual ones you'll yep. see. Don't th- oh, there's one semi, one semi in our squad. Um, just ten twenty two. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't see any of the other squads at all, but no, just usual usual stuff. Obviously, yeah, there's a lot of interest in the um, a lot of interest in the voodoo's by the end of the day, especially after the long stage, but. It's interesting you said about not sort of worrying worrying about yourself. I when I am competing and I, I, when I get to compete, I I leave my cameras all that shit away, like even if it's my own match and someone else is helping. But just so I can concentrate on what I'm doing instead of taking photos or making videos, social media, and all the other crap I do. But it's just worrying about what I've got to do because I used to try and do a bunch of other things and then you know do a lot more talking with people and you like you say fucking around and looking at their gear and stuff but now i try and yeah run the race read the rules <laughs> read read the rules actually actually i think <laughs> half the time you read them to me and i get it wrong no wait that's not right. um but and and you just and, interject and overrule me yeah, no, yeah, no 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 mark that's not what he means <laughs> i'll tell you what he means <laughs> no but but that that whole yeah concentrate on I never used to make a stage plan. I'd sort of just be like, yeah, shoot already, yeah. And then I'd get in there and be like, oh, I guess I'll shoot from this position and I'll, hmm, what's next? You know, but now I try and I'm making a plan and executing that plan rather than um, worrying about other things. Anyway, it's a moot point at the moment. Yeah. But. So down there, do they cycle you through the squad? So you, you know, you wouldn't have, you've only had, would have had to start one stage, wouldn't you? Anthony? Yeah, I started the first. I started the first stage first because um, there's ten shooters in the ten stages. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's the thing. Yep. So then you start yep. once. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, we 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 cycle cycle through same thing. Everyone, yeah, everything's the same. Everyone takes a turn scoring and spotting and timing and yeah, yeah, yep. um, stuff like that. It was yeah. So all all of that side of it's the same. Um, yeah, we're pretty strict on policing each other for um all the usual stuff um mainly sort of you know gear set up and stuff like that because it was yeah well it was like the first time it'd been no gear set up pre-stage and a couple couple of tripods snuck through the snuck through as um you know, being pre-set up already, which we sort of, yeah, because we're mm. just like, oh, well. <laughs> it's happened. Cheaters. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah. doesn't matter. It's, um, yeah, because everyone had just generally forgotten, you know, because it's not the norm down there. Mm. Um, and it's, I don't find it the norm up here either, because I probably shoot more down there than I do up here. But, yeah, um, definitely made me think about, of, you know, last, that's where I started trying 
at the last couple of events there trying to use you know a bit of tripod rear support and that type of thing it was a bit of practice and um it made me completely rethink it and i didn't use it at all apart from the one tripod stage that we well we didn't have to use it to to shoot but it was definitely an advantage putting a gun on the tripod so so what made you rethink it was that you couldn't have it preset no just the time that's what i mean the like time that i would lose to deploy it it's not worth the that little extra bit of stability yeah well i don't think well, i don't i don't feel i lost anything because i wasn't i didn't lose any points because i wasn't using it the stages where i contemplated thinking oh i could probably use it here um i basically hit everything i did inside of time anyway so if anything it just would have been a hindrance and slowed me down yeah um one setting it up and two well it's it's one of those con con, you know contentious issues tripod rear support and not tripods they're awesome you don't (laughs) just use them (laughs) it's only one stage in 10 and even then you're like "Mm, i don't know that's pretty normal up here eh? like that 22 (laughs) shoot the one the previous one we're just talking about i carried i went and borrowed one because mine was with carl from saber tactical Simon's like, yeah, you probably need one on this one stage. So, borrowed Ian's, carried it around all day, never even took it in my backpack. <laughs> which I'm, I'm still confused. Which stage that we actually could have used it uh, on? The learn your limits rack. If you went for a, like a low sitting on a tripod, yeah, you could oh, quickly yeah. transition. If you ran a ball head, a I'm sorry, a um, you know the lock underneath. You could transition up the hill and down again very quickly, easily. Yeah. yeah, but again, there, but yeah, that's um. But then I saw everyone shooting it with bipods, and so I didn't even bother thinking about it. So, yeah, I think I think that's a good no, thing though. If they're starting to, well, at least with Blair, have it stowed, and then um, it makes you think more. Yeah, do I actually need this, or can I use my skills as a marksman to take the shot without it? So, I like that. Um, obviously, yeah. like I definitely think I would have been tempted to use it on a couple of stages if we could start with them deployed or yeah. maybe one stage um because i know yeah. and it was the one barricade stage that i did really shit on last last time we were there not really shit i probably oh, only about 60 or 70 percent maybe on it and i was like ah that probably could have been better but i was using tripod rear support for that and i didn't this time and ended up i just i had everything apart from the two shots i timed out on i was saying ah wonder if i would have done better last time oh well, i'll just what you know won't even think about it but yeah um it's definitely it's good to practice it with it anyway as rear support because one day it will be an advantage for something so if we can get it out in competition and have a practice with it instead of just having a play at home and using it under time um it will be it's just another tool in the toolbox you know one day there will be something so awkward and unstable that it will be an advantage to have it and be practiced at it i tell you the biggest advantage but from tlrs and gpre events having a tripod it's way better for your spotting scope to be on a nice heavy duty carbon fiber tripod (laughs) (laughs) rather than the rickety old shit we used to use that's all that mine and mark's does these days for the most part we stick the spotter on it and it's good at it too it does make a huge difference (laughs) really because it's so because last weekend spotting was so important oh yeah so that's uh, that's the next podcast. 
but I that's think, next one. I think we're at like nearly 90 minutes, so I'd say that's probably oh, enough. Shit. About 22s. Um, right, I'm out of here. Congratulations, Anthony, on your first. Um, congratulations, you. Mark, on your fourth. And we will see you. Congratulations next. to yourself, Graham, on, on your first ever win. My first first. Yeah. First first. Yes. I haven't had as good I haven't had a good a year as Collie or, or Wilkie, but I've still been, you know, thirds and seconds and firsts and stuff. So it's, it's been twenty twenty one has been an okay year. So um, pretty good. Anyway, we will see you all next time. We have a next podcast is about the Bowers Valley Brawl, which was a new event we hosted. Extended long range. Um, again if you listen to this you probably follow us on Instagram and um, Facebook and, and the like. Um, a new event pretty cool um we're going to talk about that so thank you for uh, anthony again coming on mark as always and we will see you all next time bye cool catch you later